The Bank of Canada announcing that they are going to hold the interest rate steady at a quarter percent as they've now predicted that the economic impact of COVID-19 seems to have peaked. The Bank of Canada had a worst-case scenario forecast back just in April that the economy has, it looks like, thankfully avoided. Let's uh, welcome in David McDonald, Senior Economist at the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives. For more on this, he joins us now on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. David, good afternoon. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Uh, first off, what is the message the Bank of Canada is sending by holding the interest rate steady? Well, exactly as you said, it does seem that uh, from their perspective on the economic front that uh, the crisis impact has peaked so far and so that some of the measures that they, they were going to take uh, appear less necessary at this point. Now, they're, they're continuing to keep the interest rate at essentially zero for the, for the time being, for the foreseeable future. Um, and so we'll have to see, particularly in the next couple months with the reopening starting in several provinces, uh, particularly Ontario, uh, what that means for economic growth and what that means for joblessness. Yeah. Are we through the worst, at least economically, then when it comes to COVID, do you think? One of the indicators that you can track much more rapidly than GDP growth is, is employment changes. Uh, and so we're going to see this tomorrow uh, when the next labor force survey comes out. This survey was done in the middle of May, uh, and the data is just going to be released at the start of June. Uh, I suspect that that will show uh, a much worse figure than what we saw in April. Uh, so about 5.5 million people lost their jobs or uh, the majority of their hours in April. Uh, it'll likely go up 1.5 or 2 million more uh, on the main numbers that come out tomorrow. Uh, that will be historically bad. Uh, we will have to go back to the Great Depression to see anything like it. Uh, 40% of the Canadian workforce that was employed in February would have lost their jobs or the majority of their hours by May, which is something that we've never seen and will we'll likely never see for the rest of our lifetimes. So that is a historically bad result. Now, uh, that being said, uh, this is based on the number of people employed, and that will likely improve as we see uh, some, of, some of the economies in Quebec and Ontario in particular opening up slightly. And so I certainly will be tracking the data that comes out tomorrow, but also the, the number of people that are receiving the emergency benefit, that's updated very quickly. And so we, we should see some decline there over the coming weeks. Joined by David McDonald, Senior Economist at the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives, as we're discussing the Bank of Canada's announcement to hold the interest rate steady at a quarter percent. Many believe that's a message that we are through the worst, at least economically, when it comes to coronavirus. You know, those numbers you just cited there, David, they're certainly sobering. Like you say, they're historically bad. How devastating, though, could a second wave possibly be? Could it be even worse than those numbers? Well, it, it could be extremely bad. I mean, you know, there's an adage in the stock market that recoveries go up the stairs and crashes go out the window. Uh, we've fallen out the window. Uh, and even if we were to not see a second wave at all, uh, it'll, take us, it'll take us years to recover from this type of job loss. Because uh, the impacts we assume are going to be short term and everyone goes back to work, but that's rarely what happens. We see a big crash and there may well be a big boost in economic growth. But in terms of the employment side, it takes much longer to recover from from these types of big dislocations. Uh, and the other piece, of course, is that uh, it's, not a, it's not a burden that's shared equally. People at the lower end of the earnings spectrum are just much more likely to lose their jobs than people at the upper end of the earnings spectrum. And so we're not all in it together from that from that perspective. Now, the second wave that, that could come, and I should say that we're, we're very poorly prepared from a public health perspective to protect workers that are going back to work, uh, could, could absolutely be devastating. Certainly in the short term, we're seeing, uh, I think, looking at some of the emergency benefit numbers, we're seeing some rehiring. Uh, 
but if we were to see a big lockdown in one of the big provinces, again, like Ontario or Quebec, that, that I think would be devastating to the possibility of people not just being laid off temporarily, but being laid off permanently. And so one of the things that we should be doing that we're absolutely not doing is going into workplaces where we know that there's a high risk of infection, places like long-term care, the healthcare sector, meatpacking plants, uh, big camps like temporary foreign agricultural workers or, or oil sands workers, and repeatedly testing over and over the, the sick, the, the well as well as the sick. So it's not just about you feel sick and you go in and you get tested, but you're testing people actively in these workplaces all the time. And once you find cases, you shut those workplaces down, you clean them, you quarantine people as the case may be, uh, and you give people the adequate income supports and and labor protections. But we're just not doing that uh, at this point. So a lot of people are going to go back to work, often to workplaces that aren't going to be safe. Uh, And we are likely to see new outbreaks of this. And because we're not tracking it uh, at a low enough granular level, the only way that we can avoid overwhelming the healthcare system a second time would be a mass shutdown, like we've already seen, like a provincial-wide shutdown. And I think that that would be very, it'd be, it'd be very difficult. I think, uh, you know, a second time through for people to correctly adhere to those requirements, but also to see a rapid recovery in the in the job market as well as uh, GDP. Well, testing might be the answer to my final question for you. I was going to ask you, what does our economic policy need to be right now, moving forward, to best protect? the economy as it stands and to make sure that it grows and that we get jobs back as quickly as possible. Yeah, I mean, it actually has very little to do with income and taxes uh, and has everything to do with public health. And so what we're not doing right now is we're not surveying the population, actively testing everyone uh, in a a randomized way. So every month, Statistics Canada goes goes out and asks 50,000 Canadians who are randomly selected, you know, do you have a job? How much money do you make? Where do you live? Uh, and that makes up the labor force survey, which we're going to see come out tomorrow. What we're not doing is testing 50,000 people randomly for COVID-19 to see who has it, who doesn't, where do they work? Um, you know, did they have symptoms? And until we start engaging in that, you can't reliably say, oh, the person next to me at my job isn't infected, the customer coming in isn't infected. Uh, and that, I think, is the is the big danger of a second wave and also a big drag in terms of people's confidence to go out shop, go to restaurants, uh, travel. Um, and we and we don't have that in place. We don't really have a lot of plans to put that in place. And it seems to me that that public health piece is what will drag on and on in terms of reducing economic growth and, and the reemployment of people that are presently laid off. All right, got to leave it there for now, but much more to discuss without a doubt. David McDonald with the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives. David, appreciate it as always. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks. Bye.